We're in the passage called uh, the last part of uh, Job, chapter 38 through 42. Job finally gets his wish. From, from uh, Job chapter 1 and 2, we saw how the incident started. Satan and God. It's a mystery why God would allow Satan to do all what he did to Job, but God has plans that he don't even have to tell me about, you know. Then chapter 3, all the way down through till we get to chapter 37, is the argument taking place between Job, God, and his three friends. God, Job is arguing with God, thinking that God has did him wrong because he was a perfect, upright man. In fact, the Bible says in Job chapter 1 that he was the most perfect man in the world at that time. So he certainly could not figure out why God would allow all those trials and tribulations in his life. And to be honest with you, Job got offended by it. And he wanted to, first of all, he wanted to die. Uh, it's better to die than to suffer. I say amen to that. <laughs> so after that, the three friends come over to visit with him and to counsel him to comfort him. And we talked about that last time we were here. Boy, we, don't, we, we do a bum job of comforting. Uh, they thought that by getting Job to confess his sin, uh, that Job would be healed and then God can move on. But Job kept telling him, I have not sinned to cause all these trials and tribulations. Well, that went on from chapter 4 all the way down to chapter 37. And now Job had been warning an audience with God. If I just had an audience with God, I would stand and tell God, why, ask him rather, why is he judging me or putting all these trials and tribulations on me when I am perfect? He was. And so, chapter 37, I mean chapter 4 all the way down to 37, he comes and he speaks. Finally, chapter 38, God speaks. He gets his wish. Some of you sometimes have said that, uh, boy, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, why did he take my wife and then take me? Why did he take her when he took her? I mean, I needed that woman. I'm talking about myself now. Uh, and and uh, I had to thought, too, that I was going to ask God that. Well, when I'm doing in my dealing with Job, I find out I ain't going to ask God nothing. Amen. I found out that when God asked me a couple of questions, I'm going to stand there with my mouth wide open <laughs> and not say a word. Well, let me get back to my preaching here so I won't kill myself on my introduction. Let me see if I get going here. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, I need to skip all the way down to, uh, we, don't, we dealt with those. Um, I'm going to run through this real quick to get where I want to go. I, know I can't expect y'all to speak, read, so don't worry about it. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm going through, my church went through this, so I don't want to bore them by going through this. You guys have not, but I can't, I can't go over. So I have to start where we are, right about uh, here is where we are. 
When God came on the scene, God did not introduce himself. God asked Job the question, verse number 138, verse 1, Who is this that speak without wisdom? What knucklehead is going to challenge me? And so God, before God answers Job's question of why is he going through trials and tribulation, God asked him a few questions. In fact, Job is not going to get out of the questions. We're going to go to Job chapter 38 all the way down to 42. All God is doing is asking him, where were you? Now, God is not telling him about God. God is not telling him, talking about his righteousness. God is not even talking about his suffering. God wanted him to ask one question. Where were you when I did what I did? To make a long story short and to make you my point is, is that you and I cannot stand and ask God any questions. We're not equal with God. God is not, we don't have to, God don't have to ask us anything. And all God wants us to do is to not to understand why we're going through, but to accept and to believe that he knows what he's doing, even though we don't. Amen? Now, that's hard to take uh, for this. So I'm going to go right into it now and look at Job. God asking him these questions here. And uh and uh, I'm, I'm saying, it says, uh, oh, who shut up the sea? Asking Job, who did this? When they break forth, as, it had, as, it, as if it had issues out of the womb. When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and thick darkness and swallowing band for it, and break up for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shall thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud ways be stayed. All God is pointing out to Job is that I'm God. When you lead the church today, my whole goal is to get you to see who God is in reference to who you are. God owes us Nothing. I'm sorry. God owes us nothing. But we owe him worship, praise, and honor, and glory because he is who? God. Not because he did us good. Because he is God. And whatever God does is good according to his plan, not ours. All right, here we go. God asked Job, who was the one that created the sea. Who was the one that set it in its places and made it permanently to remain there? You and I, we take these things for granted. Think how awesome God is to create the sea. How many seeds we got? Seven of them, I think. Is that right? Some of you science folks. And God placed them there, and the sea has not moved since God created it. The sea has not diminished since God made it. All the rain we'd have had, 
all the flood waters we got through, and the sea is still the same depth as it was when God made it. And you think God can't keep you? Hmm. Who was the one that surrounded the seas with the clouds above? The fog on the surface of it. Who caused that happen? Now, you and I, we'll, some of y'all reach out science book, and the science book will tell you why and how this happened. But I want you to know all that stuff is lies. All of that is an educated guess. God did it. We don't get credit. God don't get credit for the clouds. We just see them flying by. But God wanted Job to see that he surrounded the seas with the clouds. God made the clouds. Nothing happens by accident, folks. Who is the one that made the great depths, the great and deep chasms below the sea and the land all around it? Who was the one that shaped the oceans and put them in its places? And some of the oceans I heard, that are more than seven miles deep. I heard, now I ain't been down there. But God made that. I'll never see it. I don't think. You won't either. I don't think we can go that deep, can we? I won't go four feet, four. <laughs> but here God wants Job to see why are you asking me this question of why? I want you to know what I done did. And when you realize who God is, you and I will not ask a question why. I believe that's why when we get to heaven, all we're going to be saying is glory, hallelujah. Who is the one that keeps the seas in his banks and not allow the mighty waves to leave his base. The waves will come back and the waves will go back. Who is the one that controls that? You and I think it's the moon and the tide. I want you to know that's a lie. That's God doing that. Every wave that is created, God makes it happen. Now, I ain't telling y'all nothing you don't know. Is that not right? But you don't appreciate it sometimes. We don't think about it sometimes. We think it's happened by happenstance. But the ways come and goes, and it never, the ocean never, all the water hit the water, hit the land, it goes right back. And we call it tide in and out. God called it his power. Who is the one that placed the waters where they are located? Not to increase nor decrease in volume or space. Think about all the rain we have had. And the ocean's still the same. <laughs> this thing talking to me here. The ocean has never ceased. That's why I don't believe y'all can send your money to Al Gore about trying to keep the earth and keep the ozone layers. But God keeps everything running. You hear what I'm saying? God said the ocean, he had gave it a level, and all the waves and all the tornadoes and hurricanes can come and sweep it into the land, but it, it never decreased in volume. The ocean is the same depth as it was when God created it. 
Now, how many years has it been, y'all? Thousands of years at least. And the ocean, God says, has not decreased or won't increase in virus. So the ocean ain't going ain't gonna to flood America. I know Al Gore tells y'all that, that the, uh, the ice caps are melting. And it's going to flood uh, the, the coastal states, California, New Jersey, New York, and all those, all those places. I want y'all to know those are all lies. God holds everything together. Amen. Do y'all know that? Amen. Now, y'all supposed to know that, but you don't. Job, of course, realized immediately that it was not him nor any man, but it was Almighty God himself. It is God alone who controlled the seas and the action of the seas around the whole wide world. Everything that happens on the oceans happens because God permits it to happen. God indeed allows it to happen. Indeed, God makes it happen. Nothing happens by accident. Father, folks, there is no such word as Mother Nature. Mother Nature ain't doing nothing. See, we take that phrase and just strip God of all his power, all his omnipotence. Thirty-eight, twelve says, has thou, God asked him another question now. Of course, Job couldn't answer this. God asked him another question. Has thou commanded the morning since thy days and called the day spring to know its place? Hmm. God asked Job. Was it him that commanded the day to come forth and the dawn to spring into the full day? I, I, I can't wait to get over there, but I've, I found out that every day comes not because the sun starts shining. It comes because God commands it. God said, let there be a day today, and the day came. God said, let the dawn come, and the dawn shine before the daylight comes. Oh, let me get over there and show what I'm talking about. This verse points out that every day is appointed by God. Every day. We take it for granted. Tomorrow, we got to go to work. Well, tomorrow ain't going to come unless God don't let it. We think it's automatic, amen? Amen? amen. This verse points out that every day is appointed by God. Every morning is brought forth by the purpose of God. Now, God don't tell us why he allows us to see every day. But he has a purpose in it. Nothing happens by accident. Man cannot start nor stop the dawning of a new day. It is not a random act, nor does it come automatically. We think since night come, well, the morning going to be here automatically. Unless God said let the morning come, there won't be any mornings. We don't realize that. That's why we fail to give God praise and honor and glory because we take everything for granted. I mean, I'm 70-something I'm years old. Where do you think the wind coming from? Coming from here. <laughs> I think it's trying to preach for me, brother. I don't know where it's coming. It can't come from this. I've never had that happen before. Oops, coming from my phone. (laughs) 
Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. I be driving down the road and that thing come on. I be some who, who in here? <laughs> Old folks ain't got no beer with technology. You know that, don't you? Hey, here's a good one. The dawn and the daylight become because God alone has commanded it to come. Many take the dawning of a new day for granted, but it too shows the faithfulness of God. Since God created daytime, God has faithfully allowed the dawn come before the daylight. Y'all didn't know that, did ya? Y'all thought the sun did all that work, but it doesn't. Many take the dawning of a new day for granted, but it shows Two shows that God is faithful. God was before the first morning, and he commanded it into being. And here's the verse that I want to show us. Genesis 1, 3. You all know this. Amen. God said, let there be what, church? Notice. Not the done. Notice the word, let there be what, church? Light. And God saw that the light was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light what? Day. So God created day. Every day that God called, allowed uh, come, he brings it forth. It don't happen automatically. Some of y'all think the sun makes the day, but it don't. God created the day. And in darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning was the first day. Isaiah, now here's where I want to go. Isaiah 45, 7. I want you guys to turn over there for you just to look at that. Well, I got it right here. Look what God says. I think it's very interesting. The Holy, that's how you and I know that the Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. Now, I'm going to take a at the first phrase. I, God, form the light. And yet, I created what? Now, God did not create light. Why is that significant? The Bible said God is light. And if God created light, that means God created himself. Did God create himself? Genesis 1 1 says, God is all in the beginning, God. So God says, I formed the light, but I created darkness. Now, why would he have to create darkness? Because there is no darkness in God at all. Is that not right? God, God is not dark. So he had to create darkness, but he formed the light to show here on the earth. I find that that's why I know the Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures. Because he paid attention to such things as that. I formed the light, but I created dark. So where do darkness come from? You and I think that darkness is automatic because the light is gone. I want to tell you, no. God created darkness. God created night. If God had not created, we would always be light. I formed the light, created darkness. I make peace, I create evil. 
That verse has people messed up. Did God create the devil? No, he didn't. He ain't talking about Lucifer. He's not talking about evil. He's talking about bad things that happens to you. You see, back in the Old Testament day, when something didn't happen good to you, they would call that evil. It's not talking about evil as we know evil. God said, I allow everything good and bad to happen to you. Nothing is happening to you by accident. Nothing happening to you because the devil wanted it to happen. God does it. I, the Lord, do some of them things. What do you say? You see, God ain't scared to take credit for bad things happening to you and me. We always want to give God the best hand. But give God the credit. What do he do? God create bad things to happen. Nothing happens to you by accident. Nothing happened to me by accident. You're going through trials and suffering right now. You're going through some financial problems right now. You're going through some marriage problem right now. You got some children unsaved right now and hard-headed and knuckle-headed and ain't following the Lord. God got a purpose for all of that. Now, what's the purpose? I don't know. I, can't, I don't have a clue. I can't tell you why God did the things he did to me. How can I tell you what he did for you for? Amen? But God has a purpose in it. So we need to focus not on Satan, not on the bad things, but on who in control. Who's in control, church? No. Who in control? No. Who in control? So you and I don't have to be afraid of the pandemic. God is in control. If God wants you sick, you're going to be sick. You can wear that mask all you want to. You can take 14 of them shots you want to. <laughs> but now I'm not talking don't get those shots and don't wear your mask. But I want you to know that those things are not doing anything for you. God is the author of those things. Well, her rate, okay. It is interesting to note that daylight is mentioned before the dawning of the day. Which came first, the day or the dawn? According to Genesis 1-3, the day came first before there was ever a dawn. Y'all see that, don't you? That's why I, I love it. I love the Bible. I tell you, when God said, let there be light, did light suddenly appear or was there a dawning into light? The scripture indicates that light suddenly appeared as God commanded. When God said, let there be, bam, light came. It wasn't the dawn, and then light came after the dawn. You see that? That's why Job said what he said there in the book, of, in, the, in that verse. Perhaps then, since dawn is brought forth because of the rotation of the earth around the sun, and since the sun was created on the what day? The fourth day. And yet you still had day and night without the sun. That ain't possible. Of course it is. It's God. So now the sun comes, and now we get the dawn. 
because of the rotation of the earth, then sun, sunlight is kind of like done showing a little progress in it. So, well, anyway, the Bible says it, talking about light, it is turned as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment, and from the wicked, their light is withholding, and the high arm shall be broken. God is still talking about light, giving us one of the purposes of why he allowed light to come forth. And so I said, I might be wrong, we had asked Cliff about this one, as a clear lump of clay or a melted wax when pressed by a signet reveals the image, God used the dawning of the day and daylight to reveal all the beauty and intricate details of and on the earth. Without light, we wouldn't see this beautiful earth. So God said, just like you stamp a clay, with a signet ring, and you raise it up, and you see that insignia there. That's how he uses light to show you the intricate designs of God's work. Beautiful writing of Job. Of course, Job didn't have no idea what's going on here. I, mean, I barely got some good idea of it. Light itself naturally reveals what is not seen or could not be seen otherwise. Light is the sole product of who, church? I'm sorry, of who, church? Don't you ever think the sun produces light? So, Pastor, what's the purpose of the sun then? Hold on, I'm going to get there. There is no other explanation for daytime. We will have daytime even if the sun refused to shine. Even if the cloud covers the light of the sun, we will still have day because God created light. All right? Here we go. The sun does not produce light. It governs it, and so does the moon. When the dawn of a new day is sprung forth, then the light of the wicked, which is darkness, is disclosed. Now, God using verse that, that second verse there, 5. Uh, the second verse that I had there, uh, to show that God uses light to expose sin. Darkness, people do sin under the cover of darkness. Most criminals work under the cover of darkness. You got some bold fools out there that are robbing in the broad daylight. But for the most part, darkness covers sin where God brings the light to expose those sins and their covering. All his evil deeds are exposed, and he himself is brought to the light so you and I can recognize who he is. That's why everybody, one of these days, all your little secrets, and mine too, are going to be exposed. Now, it may not be down here, but it's certainly going to be exposed up in heaven. I'm glad it's going to be in hell, not down here. Amen. The power of darkness, the cover of darkness for him is gone with the light of the day. Light dispels darkness of all kinds. You ever notice 
You go to any room, dark room, strike a match. For that little section that the light has, darkness is gone. Darkness and light cannot mingle. What you say, Pastor? I said darkness and light cannot mingle. Why is one of your best friends? I better not say that. Unsaved. Not living a life of Christ. And yet you spend all your time with him or her. Bible says light and darkness don't mix, church. We don't believe that. We're trying to get that person saved. Say amen. I'm going to marry them and get them saved. Say amen. amen. Mistake you ever had in your life. Light will overcome darkness in every analogy, in every metaphor of life. The Lord Jesus is the what, church? Light of the world. People can't stand for you and I to talk about Jesus. Oh, they can talk about God every day and every night. But when you mention Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the light of the world, it exposes people. Satan let the phone ring or the car go stop running or whatever happened, interrupt. Nobody wants to see the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ. Well, I think this, I, I don't see my clock. I keep, that's my timekeeper back there, y'all. <laughs> I don't know what time I started. <laughs> Where was it? Ten, another clock one there, okay. <laughs> Pull Cliff, I tell you. So I got to get out of here then. After this one, I reckon. Yeah. What'd you say? You're good. You're good. Did the pastor say I was good? Finish Joe. <laughs> I can't finish Joe. <laughs> the question, look at verse 16. Has thou entered to the springs of the sea? Only God can know this. Telling Joe, asking Joe, have you been down to the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in the depths of the sea and searched it out? Now, all this telling us is this. The question, as well as all other questions, are asked in such a way that God has accomplished every task. Although Job has not done it, God has. Amen? I tell you, folks, we serve a powerful God. Y'all need to stop being wimpy right. and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ no matter what happens to us. Yes. Well, God has accomplished every task, been to every place, knows every answer. We don't believe that. Maintains every and all things that are mentioned. God maintains it. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 said, by Jesus Christ, all things are held together. It is not by the Big Bang. It is not by accident. It is not by happenstance. God is controlling this world today. Although it don't look like it, amen? There are no way of knowing, there is no way of knowing by any man that the seas are maintained and supplied by great underground springs. I had to check that out. I cannot believe that the oceans are fed by underground streams, underground streams 
of fresh water and all the oceans is salt. Who keeps that mischief dry? God does. Underground springs, under all, all that ocean is fed by underground springs. That's why the ocean would never decrease. And would never increase over its balance because God has control on how much is spewed into the world. Did you, I thought you, you thought that you controlled the ocean, didn't you? Only God knows and has mapped out the great chasm of the ocean, its mountain valleys and canyons underneath, the vast volumes of water. God knows what's down there. I don't. You don't either. <laughs> and if you keep on living, you'll never know. God don't want you to know what's down there. How come man hasn't been down there? Because God don't want him down there. He have a problem living up here. He had a problem giving God glory and praise for what's happening here. Why you worry about what's down there? Seven miles deep. Therefore, do God know you and me? No, no, no. Y'all y'all posted it because you're at church. But does he know you and me? Then why are you telling Leroy? about what you're going through. Leroy can't help you. All Leroy going to do is give you his opinion. And if you follow Leroy's opinion, I better stop maybe a Leroy in here. <laughs> is there a Leroy in here? Whew, okay, good. We follow man. We'll tell man what we're going through, how we feel, and what we want quicker than we will God who knows everything. Does he? Does he? Does he? He knows you and me. Concern, of course, he knows all those things. Well, I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to let him stop this one, okay? I'll stop right here. Say amen. Amen. I got a a bunch of amens. I guess I better stop. Okay. (laughs) Have the gates of death been opened unto you, Job? Has thou seen the doors of the shadows of death? What is God saying? God challenges Job about his knowledge of death. Remember, back up in chapter 3 and 4, Job said, oh, I wish I had died. I wish, I had, I wish my mother had never born me. I wish the wound, that, the breast that gave me sucking, I wish that I had never done it. You see, he didn't know what he was talking about. We don't even know what death is, although we experience death. Now, all of us know, think you know what death is, but you don't know. All I know is she was here one moment, and the next moment she's gone. Where is she? Most of us think they're up there, upstairs, looking down on us. I want you to know, I'm going to show you that later on. Well, maybe not you guys, but my guys. The dead does not speak to the living. Save your money. Don't go to no seance. Don't go to those palm readers. The dead can't speak. Once they are gone, there is a place where they go, and God don't tell us any details. 
except death comes and goes at the command of God alone. Wow. If Raphael were here, he'd tell you. I often use him. He was shot three times, close range, and death did not find him. You can't die unless God calls you home. I'm sorry. You can't die unless God calls you home. Death is in his power. So we're all scared of death. We're scared because we don't know nothing about it. God alone had the keys to death. He tells which one goes and which one doesn't. I don't understand it, why God would take my wife and didn't take me. She was a much better person than I am. I try to give some reasons that I'm, I'm the preacher. But God could have got a dog to preach what I'm doing. God don't give reasons for what he do. And you and I can't be challenging and asking and mad that God ain't doing nothing. That God allowed the sick person to die. That God allowed babies to die. Nineteen children died in a school. Y'all heard about that, didn't you? Nineteen of them. Innocent kids. Most of them elementary. Why did God allow that? I don't know. But I do know this. They couldn't have died unless God called them home. Now, the evil was done. It was done evil. God is not the author of wickedness, but he uses wickedness to accomplish his purposes. So there's a reason why 19 children and two adults died on that day. And God ain't going to tell you. He ain't going to tell me. Why? He wants us to trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your in all your ways. And he will notice that word direct. It's not the word to keep you out. While you're going through, God will direct you through it. But we don't want to go through it. Say amen. I want that thing to end, don't you? I want my million dollars today. I don't want to wait till I get in heaven and get that pie in the sky by and by, as, as real Mike says. All right, I said this is my last one. It is. This is my last point, brother. God alone controls it. Death, that is. No one dies of his own accord. I found this interesting. Well, I know I'm going to just get a gun and shoot myself, commit suicide. Do you not know you cannot commit suicide unless God brings you home? How many times you and I have read and heard that people sh you shot, used a gun and the gun wouldn't go off? Or used a gun and they still lived? You see, God kills and God makes alive. He don't leave it up to you and me. And he don't even leave it up to the devil because he told the devil, do everything you want to do, but you better, spare, you better spare his life. Boy, God alone controls it. No one dies of his own accord or at random. God is what, church? Sovereign. He decides 
who enters and who escapes death. Now, what this does for you and me is that we live in a world that is full of fear. People run them to your car, snatching you out the car and shooting you while they're snatching you out. People, you be at the ATM and they're sitting there waiting on you to snatch you and if you put up a little fight, they'll shoot you dead right there. Now, all those things are true. But you and I ought not to walk in fear. We ought to walk because God has your back. Amen. I'm sorry, y'all didn't hear that. My church heard it, but God has your back. Amen. Yeah, I don't believe that. This is my last one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know what that is. It is it. I have a quote from one of my commentaries here from I thought that was very good. So I put it there, and I'm going to read it and let you think about it. Is that the last one? Yes, that's the last one. Go back. I'm going to go back. I just want to make sure that was the last one. Men do not experientially, wait a minute. Men, let me read it first. Men know not experientially what death is. We just know that it comes. But we don't know what it is. Nor what is, in what way they will go out the world. Nobody in this room today has no idea how death is going to come to you. But if you're born again, I'm sorry, if you're born in this world, you're going to die. According to uh, uh, Hebrews 9.27, it is a point a man wants to. And after that, the so we're all going to die one of these days unless the rapture takes place. Come on, rapture. Anyway, men know not experientially, experimentally what death is, nor in what way they'll go out of this world, nor in what time, nor in what place. They know not what the state of the dead is. There is no correspondence between them the dead, and the living. I would love for my wife to talk to me and tell me what's going on up there. So the good ain't going to talk. There is no way possible that the dead can reach the living. Now, I hear y'all talking, but I heard. I seen a chair move. I seen, I seen this, and I seen that, and I seen the other thing. Whatever you've seen, it is a lie. Because the dead do not speak to the living. Amen. Only one amen. amen. Well, I have to go, I'm going to have to quit right here. But Job gets it, God asking him all these questions. And you can see, as I close, you can see Job now as he's saying, I thought I had some questions to ask. But I can't even answer these. And if I can't answer these, what right do I have to stand before an almighty God and demand him to tell me why he do things? God is telling Job and us, he is not on our level. The day you get on the level with God is the day that you can ask some questions. I'm sorry, y'all didn't hear that last part. The day you're on the same level with God 
is today you can ask him a question. But until that's why God doing all this. Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Where were you? How did it? How did it? How did it? And you and that guy said, I don't know. Father, bless your word to our hearts. Allow us to see you and all these things you're telling Joe. The whole theme of it, for the, as we're going to see all when we get down to chapter 42, is that Job said, I spoke out of turn. I spoke foolishly. The things that I thought were not true. I put my hand over my mouth. That's where you and I are going to be. When we see God. Bless your word to our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.